This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby returns on Wednesday. New guidelines for breast cancer screening have been designed to give women more of a voice in their health care decisions. The guidelines released today by the Canadian Task Force on Preventative Health Care encourage women between the ages of 40 and 74 to discuss breast cancer screening with their doctors and make a shared decision about whether to get a mammogram based in part on a woman's preferences and individual health needs. The previous guidelines from 2011 recommended against women between 40 and 49 having routine mammograms, while those between the ages of 50 and 74 were advised to get the screening test every two to three years. Joining us to talk about the new recommendations is Dr. Donna Reynolds, a Toronto family physician and specialist in public health and preventative medicine. Doctor, thank you. Oh, my pleasure to be on the the show today. Are you pleased with the change in recommendations? Uh, I think if we look at the um, real difference that has occurred in the last few years about uh, breast cancer screening is we've been more mindful and been able to track the potential harms of of breast cancer screening in addition to the potential benefits. Uh, these guidelines uh, are rigorous in their scientific uh, review uh, and uh, really help inform uh, women to be able to make the, the choices that's best for them. Is, should it be left up, though, to a woman to um, make a medical decision on her own behalf? It shouldn't. I mean, that's maybe why the recommendations before, were, which were set for women between 50 and 74, uh, maybe the experts know better than the individual woman. Well, the new guidelines also include uh, a review of women's values and preferences, and this was about 29 studies that were reviewed and informed the guidelines. What um, we learned is that when women are presented with the potential benefits of uh, mammogram screening, particular uh, breast cancer re- reductions in breast cancer mortality, but also the potential harm, mm-hmm. such as uh, false positives and overdiagnosis, is that their preferences did change depending on uh, their um, age. And part of, mostly that's due to the change in the balance of those uh, harms and benefits. Um, the, it's a narrow margin between um, the benefits and harms. So that's why we really have to come out on these guidelines as being conditional. Isn't that interesting? So the benefits of mammograms don't necessarily outweigh the harms. The, well, as I said, the, really is the benefits are, uh, there's a narrow margin right. between the two. And, uh, and that's when it really has to come down to a woman's values and preferences for screening. Uh, for some women, uh, particularly as I said, when the uh, age is 40 to 49 years of age, when they were reviewing the, the benefits and harms, is uh, they ch- the majority chose not to uh, proceed with mammograms. But some did. And that's an important distinction. 
for women 50 and older, it's up to 74. They, um, they actually valued the benefits of breast cancer screening and uh, uh, higher than the harms, and most women chose to, to proceed with uh, screening. But some didn't. How harmful? Okay, well, how harmful can a false positive reading be? Well, when we're looking at harms, we're looking at two things. One is uh, particular false positives. uh, And false positives aren't necessarily just going back and having additional imaging. It could include going on to um, additional testing, biopsy, even potential surgery to to determine that that was not a cancer. Mm -hmm. The other uh, concept is something that's very counterintuitive to um, early detection, and that's called overdiagnosis. This is when we, uh, from the mammogram, and you actually find a cancer, but that cancer would never have harmed a, a woman in their lifetime. And, and how would that, in what case is that? Um, so, so because we're screening many women, there are some, some cancers that are very slow growing. We call them kind of the turtle cancers. They're just very slow growing. They actually may never cause uh, any symptoms or any harm in the woman's lifetime. But we also know that there are many cancers that will progress and cause um, uh, breast cancer mortality. But you, can't, is- but you can't necessarily see that when you're reading the mammogram? Uh, or even with the pathology. So uh-huh. a woman's gone on, uh, had a, a mammogram, it's found something, they've got a biopsy, we found there's a cancer. We can't tell, doctors can't tell necessarily which ones that are going to go on to um, be those turtle cancers and which ones are going to be the rabbits. Okay, so you, if you're having a conversation with a 45-year-old woman uh, in 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 your office, uh, and she is asking about mammograms. What kinds of questions are you going to ask her? She's never had one before, say. So, so we're, the guidelines are recommend not to screen women generally uh, 40 to 49. However, m- women may bring up the question of, should I have a mammogram? Sure. So we've actually uh, developed some uh, very good visuals to help uh, women and the healthcare professionals, because this is... Um, can be changing for many of the healthcare professionals as well. Uh, and they're available on our w- website for women to look at themselves as well. They don't have to, to seek, um, see a doctor to, to be able to look at the visuals. But if we're looking at, say, um, a thousand women screened over seven years, 294 of those women will ha- result in a false positive. Give 40- us that number again. How many of the original? Uh, of a thousand women yes. screened over seven years, two hundred ninety-four. Wow, forty-three That's... will have an unnecessary biopsy. Okay, seven women will be diagnosed with breast cancer. Of those seven, one only we look at less than one breast cancer death prevented, and approximately three we would say is uh, overdiagnosis. Well, that really paints a picture, doesn't it? I mean, we've always sort of heard that over a woman's lifetime, she has a 9% chance of, of getting breast cancer. Uh, sorry, I don't have that number right in front of me, but... <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, exactly. it's, it's one of the more prevalent uh, cancers for women, and it's also one of the most survivable cancers as well. 
Well, that's the, the, the benefit in the last uh, many decades is the improvements in uh, treatments and potentially breast cancer screening and also identifying uh, breast cancer without screening. Is that We've been able to reduce mortality from screening uh, uh, markedly. How how much does family history play into it? So, uh, you know, I personally, uh, because cancer runs in my family, I started uh, having breast uh, mammograms at the age of 40. And every year, every second year since then. Um, and that's made, I mean, I feel comfortable with that. My doctor feels comfortable offering that. And as a result now in the breast cancer screening program, so I get a reminder every two years that it's time to make an appointment. Uh, how will the breast cancer screening program change? Well, one of the things that this guideline is not uh, applicable to is women at higher risk. This is uh, aimed at women not at high risk. And high risk includes a personal or family history of breast cancer. So you may be in that high risk category. That's not the guideline is not uh, applicable to. Uh, other certainly high risk are those women who know that have a gene mutation, like those uh, BRCA1 or 2. Right. Those who have a... Uh, who also may have had chest radiation um, uh, before the age of 30 or uh, within the past eight years. Okay, so that's an important distinction then. Uh, if, you have, if you have a family history of breast cancer or the BRCA1 or 2 gene, your doctor will advise that you go for a mammogram. Yes. The, 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 well, they, they will certainly speak to you as well about what the best options for you are. Uh, family history can be complicated about how far is the family history. Uh, generally, it's thought to be is, is uh, first-degree relatives. Mm-hmm. Like your mother or your sister. Mother or sister, yeah. Right. Um, well, that, so it, basically, we're talking about women who have no family history, don't have either of the BRCA1 or 2 genes. And so there's really, uh, I, I, I can kind of see it from that point of view that the mammogram wouldn't be a good idea necessarily, given all the false positives and the invasive biopsies. Well, you said it. It's a, it can be a personal decision for yes. some women uh, who've, uh, who've been... Uh, um, Looking at their own values, they may be very close to someone who's had uh, breast cancer and uh, they want to proceed. Or, you know, this is, this is a, the main uh, uh, emphasis for this, the change in guidelines, is to inform women about the potential harms, inform them about the potential uh, benefits, because there is some reduction in breast cancer mortality. But along with it comes a lot of harm. And I remember a technician telling me that a mammogram is basically the same amount of radiation as smoking a single cigarette. So that's not really an issue every two years. I can't really speak to the uh, the comparison between the uh, smoking and um, the radiation. But it's very little radiation, I guess, is what she was trying yes. to tell me. Correct. Okay. Dr. Reynolds, I thank you for your time. You've, you've helped us uh, clarify these new recommendations very well. My pleasure. Dr. Donna Reynolds is a family physician in North York and a specialist in public health and preventative medicine. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.